0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the AF Playbook podcast. In this episode, I'm talking to Mateen, who has been a forum member for quite a while now. And he started off as pretty much a complete beginner, and it's been really fun to see his progress. He's doing really well now. Um, he's a successful affiliate. He also has a blog at affengineer.com that you should check out. It's full of great Teespring advice and um, just his tips and tricks on affiliate marketing and online marketing in general. So I'd recommend you guys check that out. But I think you will really like this interview. There's a lot of good tips in here. So here it is. All right, Mateen Sudegar, welcome to the AF Playbook Podcast. How are you doing today?
1: Pretty good, pretty good. I'm a pleasure to be here.
0: Yeah, thanks. This and is honored. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you. You have been uh you've been a forum member for a while now. How long has it been, do you know?
1: Approximately a year and a half. Year I half. remember starting some t- I remember joining Affiliate Playbook pretty much as soon as I started affiliate marketing or a few weeks after. So it would have been July or August last. Not last year. The year before that, before. so twenty thirteen. Okay. So a year and a half.
0: Okay year and a half so how did you how did you get started? what were you doing like before the forum or actually even before affiliate marketing and how did you get into it
1: okay it's a bit of a long story for me actually because i started i was introduced to affiliate marketing from a friend of mine during i think it was the last year of uni so two thousand and ten okay around around then. So um, a friend of mine was doing some SEO stuff, and he was uh, pretty much spamming Google to get his review site on the first page, and then he'd make you know a, f- a couple of hundred bucks, and then he'd get knocked back down to the bottom. So I saw that I used to try and investigate money making, you know, online money making before then, and and I'd and then. Um, when he showed what he was doing, and I saw that it was working, I was pretty much hooked since then onwards so i started I started doing review sites as well but then um the whole writing articles thing just kind of got me really bored of it, yeah you know yeah Because so the tick the strategy then was to continuously write articles and then just sit there with uh, like a backlink robot and <laughs> for me, That's and funny. it was just like type capture codes and just bam the crap out of things, so okay. That was really not fun. <laughs>
0: yeah, that gets old. Yeah.
1: So I got put off by affiliate marketing and then I just let it go for like a year or two. And then I started working in my profession, mm-hmm. which um, I did civil engineering. So I started working in construction for two years. Okay. And during the second year, um, so the graduate programs in Australia I usually go for two years. Mm-hmm. So I was in the second year of my graduate program. And then I was getting kind of inklings to do something else. And the business me was like, oh, Maddie, you need to try something else. Yeah. So, um, you know, I was Googling a few things and then uh, I just decided to just quit in the end of second year. So, November 2012, I just decided to quit and just jump into business, whatever it was. I had no no plan. I didn't know what I was going to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, no. I had a franchise lined up. I was going to start a telco franchise mm-hmm. but as soon as I quit, it ended up not going through. So, I quit on the hopes of that was going to go through but… It didn't, so I was gonna. I was pretty much left with uh, no idea what to do. But I just wanted to make something work. I wanted to find an income stream that was not work or employment.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. So then I was exploring a few things. Did did um I was going to yard sales. Mm -hmm. It's called garage sales here, so yeah, yeah. Or yard sales in America, but I'd go there and buy things and then sell them on eBay or Gumtree and then do a few things here and there. And I start blogs. But the problem with blogs when I was starting them then was that was that I was starting blogs with the intent to make money. Mm-hmm. So I'd get frustrated after a month or two and I'd get no traffic or you know, when I'd not make any money. So I think the intention was wrong. So when you when you start something and you just wanna work on it and you're not really fussed about whether it makes money or not and you just wanna give it that value, I think eventually it'll start getting you better results. So that's what happened with the blog I'm on currently now. But anyway. Rewind back. So I started a few blogs, and then that didn't work out. And then I started apps, and then, then I released an app, mm-hmm. a phone application. And then I realized, as soon as I released it, that I had no marketing strategy in place. Okay. So this was a couple of months before I started after uh, started affiliate marketing. So when I realized that, and that was, I think, a turning point for my whole business kind of career because I realized the importance of marketing. Like I. The, the real importance of marketing. Like if you don't have a marketing strategy, there's really no point starting anything. So that's what I realized based on my experience. So, so then after that, I was like, okay, scrap everything that I'm doing. Everything's kind of failing because I'm not marketing mm-hmm. at all. So let's learn marketing full time. So then I kind of stumbled upon a couple of blogs. I think uh, the blogs that released their income reports, so Smart Passive Income is yeah. a pretty popular one, and yeah. then TylerCruz.com. Um, He's another one that does just paid affiliate marketing. So I started to browse on these um, websites and eventually started to do my own stuff. And uh, yeah, that rest is history. That's, that's how I
0: started. That's pretty cool. So when you... Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, it's, it's always interesting how people got started. I always like to hear those stories. When you quit, you said, were you in school when you... No, you are actually working when you quit.
1: Yeah, I was in, I was working, so I was full time employed.
0: So when you were just like, I don't know if it was one day or whatever, and you're just like, okay, I, I quit, I'm going into business. Did your family and friends think you had like gone off the deep end, gone yeah. crazy?
1: big yeah. time, big time. <laughs> yeah, especially in our culture because yeah, um, you know, subcontinental people. So I'm from India, mm-hmm. and we're pretty adamant on getting your qualification before anything. Okay. And the more qualified you are, the more degrees you kind of continue to pile up. In India, I, I guess it kind of makes you stand out more than the rest, and there's a lot of com- competition in the, India. Mm-hmm. So the advice from my parents were to continue study. You know, do your engineering, do your bachelor's degree, do your master's, do your honours, etc., etc. et, cetera, et cetera. So when I quit work, they were pretty stunned, to say the least.
0: Yeah, but So
1: I, I kind of expected it, though. Now, okay. That's the struggle for us. I, don't, I think it's probably the same for anyone, really. Like No one really understands your decision, especially business decisions, because they're so whack
0: I for think... a lot of people. Yeah, I think so. Especially if you know your parents were kind of traditional, or you know, worked a job, didn't do anything any anything entrepreneurial. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's... that was another.
1: That was another thing. Like my parents are, they're not business people. Mm-hmm. So they don't understand the the business journey.
0: Yeah. So, so yeah, have they, have they kind of grown to accept it as you've become more successful and kind of built your business you... out? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, when I started to earn decent income, that's when they started to kind of let me do my own thing. (laughs) Yeah. But when I was telling them, when I was getting excited over making like two bucks, (laughs) they were like, "Uh, really? Is this what you spent (laughs) six months doing? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But
0: uh, yeah,
1: now now they're they're pretty happy. They just let me do what I want.
0: Yeah, that's cool. I'm glad. So, uh, what were some of the first things that you tried after you know you joined the forum and you started marketing? You mentioned you had you had an app. So, did you go back to promoting that, or did you just like start doing affiliate offers?
1: Um, my app, I kind of just left
0: mm-hmm.
1: by its own. I didn't really touch that after I started affiliate marketing. Um, the the concept was to just learn affiliate marketing and promote other people's products. And if I can do that properly, then. Why can't I do mine? Mm-hmm. That was the mindset. So after I joined App Playbook, um, probably two weeks before I joined App Playbook, I started a lot of random things like PPC, mm-hmm. um, linking people to websites. I was doing a lot of things that I shouldn't be doing. So I was linking to like uh, um, websites that don't allow you to direct link to and okay. pretty much bidding on their trademark uh, names on Google. So I didn't know I was not meant to do that. But I was doing all the pretty much all the mistakes you could make mm-hmm. and paying like seven bucks per click <laughs> <laughs> okay so um I was doing p p c and then i and then I kind of got how things were and then I made my own review site and I started to link people to that through p p c but then nothing was converting for me so once as soon as I started out playbook, I started to read about um p p v and then uh started to see a lot of people having success with it mm. so I basically jumped straight in, uh, straight into that. Cool. PPV affiliate marketing.
0: And what were I mean? I know you've you've done some really good follow along threads in the forum. Um, of course, not everything you know works when you first try it. So how did you? I mean, you seem like you're pretty determined, but how did you um, handle like those first attempts where things weren't working and you know, like you weren't profitable? It seems like some people they're really affected by that and they just, you know, like think it's the end of the world and other people, um, you know, like you seem to just sort of more take it in stride. And I'm always interested in like what makes someone one way or another. Cause it, you know, it helps me when I'm trying to like teach people or, um, mm-hmm. you know, explain that to people. So why do you, th- why do you think the, your initial attempts like that didn't work, didn't, you know, set you back a lot or, um,
1: well, I knew the end goal uh, – first of all, I knew that it was a definite thing. Like there were people online making money
0: mm-hmm.
1: and they were making a lot of money. And that was a fact because I had seen my friend do it. Um, not a lot of money but he was making like – I think he made like a couple hundred bucks in, in a night. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember those two to three weeks that I was before After Playbook. I didn't really have much direction and I was on my own and I was doing a lot of things and just busting through my budget. I do remember that being really just mentally pretty difficult, mm-hmm. and a lot of things that failed, it, it, I would go into everything, anything that I started, I would go into it thinking that it would work, okay. and then when it didn't work, I would, it would kind of knock me back a bit, and I, I kind of eventually realized that as long as I'm learning from each of these step steps, then I'm doing good. Mm-hmm. So the goal right now is to make sure that I'm learning the point the moment I do something and then I analyze it to see why it didn't work and I can't see why it didn't work. that was when I was gonna stop. but that never happens in affiliate marketing because you can always try another angle or you know you can always fix this up and retry something so okay. but but I do remember those three weeks just being really difficult and I was having just I was kind of writing motivational. Quotes everywhere around my room. There was like <laughs> stuck everywhere just to keep me going. Listening to Tony Robbins and everything motivation <laughs> you could think of, and just just pushing my three myself through it. I was just, I think the last week I was just forcing myself to just sit there and just do it. Okay. So it wasn't, it wasn't like I was really motivated throughout the whole thing. A lot of, I think about sixty percent of me continuing was just based on me really just sitting there and forcing myself to go, mm-hmm. and just keep moving forward and banning myself from, you know, social media, Facebook, no YouTube, just sit and work kind of thing. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's a big part of it for a lot of people. A lot of people just like wait to get motivated or wait till they're really like fired up. And, you mm. know, even for like really successful people, that doesn't, it's not like you wake up every day and you're jump out of bed and you're like yeah. all fired up. You know, it's a lot of people, most people that I've talked to, that are, like, you know, really successful, they're like, yeah, you know, a lot of the time I don't feel like working, but I just... It's like a routine, you know? It's, Mm. like, part of the process. They know they have to do that to get to the the end goal, whether they kind of feel like it or not.
1: Yeah, but, like, little... Like, what I was aiming for when I started was just one conversion. Mm -hmm. And I knew as soon as I got that, then that would give me motivation to... For the next step, But that was to make it profitable. And then the next step, then the next step. So all you need is that one little hint of success. And that motivation will come. So as long as you can force yourself to just do that, whatever industry you're in, like even if you're in real estate and you're door knocking, as long as you can just get that one sale, then, you know, that's, I find like that's when you kind of are successful. As soon as you get that one
0: thing. I totally agree. Yeah, Yeah. totally agree. It's, yeah. And it's, a lot of people don't ride that motivation enough, you know, they get a conversion and instead of being happy about it, they go, yeah, but you know, so-and-so is making like $10,000 a month and you know, I'm making like two conversions a day and yeah, they get discouraged. And I, I, I almost think like all the blogs out there and the forums and stuff, it's, It almost makes it kind of harder for people because, like, I don't know. When I started, there wasn't blogs and forums and stuff, and I was, like, thrilled when I made a few hundred dollars. I mean, I was, like, Mm. on top of the world, and that is, like, what kept me going. I didn't know that people were making, you know, way more than that.
1: Yeah, that's very interesting. I remember um, because I do a lot of Teespring, Mm -hmm. and it took me so long to get a campaign to tip. Yeah. Like, you don't understand. It took me literally 50 Teaspoon designs <laughs> to get me to tip. And that's wow. a crazy amount. Um, But a friend of mine who wanted to start, I showed him everything that I'm doing. I taught him everything. And his his first campaign, he sold six shirts or okay. Of wow. a $30 spend, he made like <laughs> 120 bucks. Wow. Right? And he was kind of upset because at the end of it, it didn't tip. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. It just stopped people just stopped buying and, and he ended up spending like eighty bucks and it was still stuck at six sales. But the fact that he got six sales for me was just like, Whoa man, this is your first ever attempt at affiliate marketing. This is like success beyond anything.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And for him he kind of was not motivated enough to like he got demotivated and he was kind of really? upset about it. And and you know, it depends on how you look at at it. I saw it as a massive success and he saw it as as not good enough. And yeah. it was just really weird because I was really excited for him and he yeah. was just like, whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's interesting. I, yeah, it's all about your just frame of reference and your perspective, I guess, you know, whether you, how you... Yeah, I feel
1: that marketing is really hard to do. So even a bit of success is, you know, it sets you apart from so many people. Yeah. You can just get a bit going. So you should be happy.
0: So speaking of Teespring, how did you get started with that? I know you're, you said you're doing PPV for a while and then how did you start on the Teespring stuff?
1: Um, well, the transition from PPV to... There's a lot of things in between transitioning from PPV to Teespring. Mm-hmm. I think I took your master classes, and then I saw all the strategies you were doing and then I said, okay, scrap every other experimental <laughs> thing I'm currently doing. I'm just going to focus on these things. Because okay. if you imitate or you emulate working models, yeah, then you're more likely to find success within them instead of making your own thing. Mm-hmm. You know, from start to finish. So, um, Teespring, I kind of got started after... Oh, uh, a shaman's post. Mm, I'm not yeah, sure that's how you pronounce it. But he's uh, follow along, and then he started to post like income of payout, income payouts of like 20, 30 k. Yeah, and that was really motivational. And then I was like, all right, screw everything. I'm gonna try this stuff. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> As you do when you see big figures. Yep. But even um, on Warrior Forum, uh, you'd, I'd see like a lot of case studies and a lot of people posting, oh, I made 15K in two weeks doing this. And a lot of, uh, you would see Teespring every, every, you know, fifth or tenth post was Teespring related. So yeah. uh, when I started to see that kind of everywhere, I started to realize, oh, there's opportunity here. Let me try and see if I can break into it. So that's when I got started.
0: Okay, interesting. Yeah, and you said it took you about like 50 attempts or so just to get a campaign to tip and then after that was it did it get a lot easier or were you still struggling for a while? No it
1: it got a lot easier well actually the 50th campaign I hit on something really massive
0: okay,
1: really expandable so pretty much every campaign after that was working for me but after that finished Mm -hmm. and I had to come up with my own designs um, that was separate to that so separate designs I had to it did take me a long time to uh, get the gist of what works and what doesn't work but yeah. by then I had kind of mastered Facebook advertising and and targeting, and I had learned about which countries buy and which countries don't buy mm-hmm. and certain things. That helped me a lot with my other campaigns. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it took me a while to get things. Like now, I'm pretty confident in. I can kind of tell what campaigns would would give it would have a chance of working, and what I won't and which ones I won't even bother with. So.
0: So so did all that learning um, like about Facebook marketing and Teespring, was that mostly just the result of like trial and error or did you learn from any specific sources? Um, Well,
1: it's a bit of both really because I would say a a large majority was trial and error. Mm -hmm. But if I were to look at a lot of the things that I, I do now, it would be the result of reading it somewhere online. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it would be after playbook, yeah. and reading you know Shaman's just the um the follow along campaign that he had and his tips and everything. I I just duplicate whatever he does. Yeah, he obviously <laughs> makes a lot of money, so I'm like, man, whatever this guy does, I'm gonna do it. So. And he's very transparent with what he shares, so that's really cool.
0: Yeah, he's yeah, he's been really great about sharing yeah. stuff. There's a few of you guys that do Teespring in there that are yeah, always like I'm always learning something and yeah,
1: um, I'm really surprised. There's a, there's a really good uh, Teespring community there actually. You know, doing well. Like a, lot, a few of us are doing pretty well. So,
0: <clears throat> so Teespring is something you talk about a lot on your blog, and um, I, that's I wanted to talk a little bit about that. When did you start your blog, App Engineer? Mm,
1: I started it pretty much as soon as I started affiliate marketing. Whatever I did, I always started a blog for it because I I like mind-dumping things. Whatever is in my mind, I like just writing a post about it. It kind of makes me feel good. So I started the blog then, so a year and a half ago. Um, And luckily, the very first day that I started affiliate marketing, the very first day that I actually spent money on affiliate marketing I started to track my profit, uh, sorry my revenue and
0: cost Yeah.
1: so the really cool thing about the blog is that it has from the very first day the revenue and cost comparisons all through I don't know how many days I think 500 days till today I've got every single day how much I spent and how much revenue I brought in Wow. so I thought that was really cool and I've got you know in my other spreadsheets I've got a breakdown on how much I've spent on each traffic source and stuff so so I find that that uh yeah I started it A year and a half ago, and um, it's kind of evolved from just sharing whatever I was doing at that time, sort of just random things like P P V or P P C or whatever I was kind of trying, to pretty much complete Teespring for the whole of twenty fourteen.
0: Yeah, you have some great um, info on Teespring, and I, you know, your blog has really gained a lot of traction over the last last year and a half, and I think that's at least one of the big reasons, and one of the reasons I like it so much is because I don't know. It seems like so many blogs out there, there's good posts and stuff, but so many of them are just more like mindset stuff. And I like that mm. stuff, but I don't. Know, you're actually one of the very few affiliate bloggers out there who's like showing how to do something like technically step by step. Um, yeah. I don't think there's a lot of that out there. Like people actually, you know, openly sharing insights like that. So mm. I think that's really cool.
1: Thanks. Well, the reality is that I think there's a bigger market for people that are new to affiliate marketing mm-hmm. that that really appreciate the whole mindset thing. So I think when bloggers start to blog, uh, it's, a, it's a bigger demographic if they're appealing to just people that are starting and the whole mindset motivational thing. So the technical aspect of things and, and I, I guess a lot of bloggers get comfortable just blogging about really general topics because yeah. they start making income from that. It's very easy to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so now my blog's starting to make me an income. I've got to continue to remind myself that, you know, don't turn this into a blog that just shares really general stuff. <laughs> like, I want to make it very specific things about what I'm doing outside of this blog that's also earning, earning me an income. Yeah. So I want to just continuously keep it at that. So that's yeah. a kind of challenge for me this year.
0: For sure. Uh, yeah, but I, I think that's what keeps it interesting because people like, mm-hmm. you know, like you mentioned smart passive income, and I think that's a, um, big part of the success of that blog is, you know, he's, um, he has some like mindset stuff, but he's sharing a lot of stuff of like what works and things he tries Mm. and stuff. And I think people find that, that really interesting. Yeah. So so on your blog, there's, um, you have a lot of stuff about Teespring on there. So anybody interested in Teespring should check that out because basically everything that you need to get started. But if you had to just summarize kind of like, your top few tips, if someone said like, okay, I want to start Teespring, you have like a couple of minutes to tell me what to do, what would you say, like just generally, what are the kind of your top tips?
1: Uh, the first tip would be, well, the first thing would be to go to my blog and check out every single tutorial video I have from start to finish, which is 25 videos,
0: okay.
1: I can't think of anything that I haven't covered on there, so from start to finish, check, go through all those videos. And then kind of read up on things first. So read all the case studies you can come across and you'll get the gist of what's going on with the whole Teespring thing in your head. Like what designs work, what designs don't work. So that's not really a tip, I guess, but that's something you should do. So the the tips would be... Hmm. If, you're, if I were to just give the top three tips... Sure. Uh,
0: Put you on the spot. Yeah. <laughs>
1: it would be research. Make sure you're researching. Because a lot of people... I tell them what I do, and then they'll, they, you know, I'll meet them again and they're like, Oh, I, have, I thought of this really cool t shirt idea. And they'll think of some quote that they saw off some, some news feed, some, some Facebook uh, post or something, and they'll be like, This will be really cool on a shirt. Sure. And then maybe it will be really cool on a shirt, but you have more chance of succeeding when you see, um, when you're making shirts that you know work. So mm-hmm. if you go on eBay or if you go on, uh, like if you come across a Teespring shirt that's been advertised to you, mark down what demographic that shirt is appealing to. So if that shirt's selling 200 shirts and it's selling to the chihuahua demographic, well, obviously, you know, people with chihuahuas buy shirts. So make a shirt around that demographic. So kind of base your, shirts on, base your designs on shirts that you know kind of work already kind of reverse engineer why they're working and then you know you can vary up certain things like there there could be a phrase that appeals for chihuahuas but you can kind of twist that phrase to appeal to other pets it might be cat pets or it, it might be even reptile pets it could be something completely different but um so base your designs on things that work that was that'd be tip 1 and the second would just be to continue just pushing forward so just jump in there and launch a campaign even if you're 10% ready. You don't have to be 100% ready. I don't think there's ever a thing as 100% ready, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. You know, yeah, just, as soon as you kind of got the gist of what you think you should do, just go for it. You know, your results on what you actually do on Facebook will tell you if you're doing it right or wrong.
0: Yeah. That's... So
1: whatever data you get back, uh, you know, fine tune it, give it another shot, and just continue doing that process until you get it right. Because... Um, I remember when I started engineering, they just chucked me in the deep end. They just basically <laughs> told me to manage these massive projects and I had no idea what I was doing. I had absolutely no idea but you know, six months later, I learned how to do it and a year later, I was doing it quite well. So, yeah, I learned from that experience that if you want to learn something, the best way to do it is just hands-on experience, whatever it is. So in the case of Teespring, it's literally just design and advertise mm-hmm. and that's it. Repeat that process. and. I also think it's important to get feedback on what you're doing. Sure. Which is one of the main reasons I start doing follow-alongs, is because whatever I start doing, I have no idea about, and the best thing for me to do is to get feedback from people that do know how to do it, and I could learn a lot quicker. So, yeah. so yeah, if you're doing Teespring, I do recommend to join a, a paid forum. Preferably the F playbook because, if, especially if you're doing Teespring.
0: <laughs> Shameless plug, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: especially if you're doing Teespring. Realistically, because there's a lot of people that do Teespring there. So yeah,
0: there is. Um, the, yeah, there's there's some really really great stuff on on Teespring in there. Uh, just yeah. a quick question about about design because I see this get asked a lot and in, um, in like the forum and just online. You know, people are wondering like should I try to design the shirts myself? I know like a shaman, um, I think he has a designer or a few designers. What do, what do you do? Do you like design them yourself?
1: I design them myself. Okay. Yeah. I'll. But if they're really simple ones that I need a lot of designs made of, mm-hmm. I'll contact a, a designer that I, I found him a, a while ago, like a year ago. So, but the thing is, it's very difficult to communicate design aspects of things to, yeah. especially people that you're not, you can't, point at the screen and tell them to change a few things. To communicate that. little things, you'll have to write you know, a massive detailed paragraph.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, just that communication aspect of itself takes such a long time that you might as well learn how to design yourself. So, I personally think that you should know how to design really basic stuff by yourself. Makes um, sense. Yeah. And then, I mean, if you really need help from a designer, then yeah, contact one. Uh, shaman's a shaman's a different case, I guess, because um, he, I think he, he lives in India, right? So uh, I yeah, think labor, so. labor there is quite cheap as well. Yeah, so, good point. I mean, it's it's good to, it's beneficial for him or easier for him to have three or four in-house designers and not really eat up into his costs. Mm-hmm. For me to do that here, I mean, each person would cost me at least $20 an hour. Yeah. So. That's,
0: that's, yeah. Are, are your designs, are they um very, like, graphic intensive like would you say you're a good designer or are they more text-based no they're
1: like you can do little things that make them look good yeah like just small things you could increase the contrast or small designer techniques you could you could uh you know add a border to the text or something like that or or rotate it you know slightly off degree to it or use certain fonts that appeal to that demographic so if it's women so you could use a bit the text font could be a bit feminine, or vice versa. Mm-hmm. So, I'm not the best designer, I would say, but uh, my designs are really the text-based, and they're sometimes they're not design-intensive, but they have a bit, um, like you got to spend a bit of time on them.
0: More than yeah, more than just yeah. line of text yeah. or something. Well, you you, de- you definitely don't
1: do you don't just you know slap on some text and expect it to sell. No way. <laughs> like you you got to you know, you gotta use at least a little bit of a fancy font. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, that makes yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I know one thing uh, I've seen you mention before. I think on your blog and and in the forum is that um, Teespring is kind of like an addiction for you. Like you, <sighs> yeah. you really like it, but it's maybe not. I don't know if I. I don't know if not stable enough is the right yeah. word, but. Um, so mm. what are what are some of the other things you're doing? Would you say it's, like, it's not stable or is it just, like, too labor-intensive to be where yeah. you, like you want to be?
1: Well, for me, like I, like I said, like, I really want to outsource it, but mm-hmm. I can't because it's difficult to, for me, well, maybe I think it's difficult and maybe it isn't difficult. But I, I find, like, to outsource the design and get a team to do what I do, It's just it, re- it still requires me to continuously be there. Mm-hmm. So, it's not worth outsourcing. So, if I were to run a Teespring business, I'd have to continuously be doing it the way I'm doing it right now, which is pretty much four to six hours a day of really strenuous designing and advertising and then analyzing. Okay. And the annoying thing is that great, you hit an awesome campaign and then it dies out after like two weeks mm. or a month, a month max, mm-hmm. you know? So, I just, you never, you can never kind of just relax and be like, oh, great, this is going to go for a whole six months. So, there's never that. Part of there's never that satisfaction, but with my blog, my blog's really opened my eyes to real passive income where it's making me money and I hardly work on it. You know, I'll post like four times a month or I'll update a few things, but apart from that, it makes me decent income. Yeah. So, um, the addiction comes from just knowing that the next campaign could be massive, <laughs> yeah. You know, you 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 never know, like this if you don't try this campaign you feel like, oh man, I'm probably I might be missing out on, you know, ten, twenty K. Mm-hmm. You never know. So that's the where the addiction comes from. So I really just wanna like I said, it takes about six hours or so, four to six hours to continuously run this. Yeah. But then again that kinda caps my income at you know, the better months are like ten to twenty K from Teespring. So it caps my income realistically to to about Twenty to thirty okay. k a month if I were to work really strenuously. I reckon if I were to do eight hours a day, mm-hmm. um, I would be capped at that kind of in, in income. But if I were to work on a more passive model, then I feel like I could increase that cap. You get what I mean?
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So, what are some of the other things that you're doing to um, build up more like passive streams of income besides your blog?
1: Um. So at the moment, it's just the blog. Mm-hmm. Um uh this year was meant to be just to explore other forms of income. I was yes. doing data f- data feed sites um from your oh, mastermind. Right. right, I remember that. Yeah. Um but I think I didn't do a certain step right because I am actually the other day I made I think 80 dollars of a sale okay. or something. So that's, that's cool. pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it still brings me some income, but I feel like I want to do something that's more long term. So I feel like I want to do uh uh kind of a niche and niche website based on uh, Facebook traffic, kind of driving Facebook traffic to the website, and then selling custom products. Because there's a lot of custom products that are out there in the market these days. That like you can do shoes, you can do yeah, yeah, you know, singlet. You can do pretty much anything, bags, phone covers. So, I think really passionate fans about something would love to own all these different merchandise. So, I don't have anything at the moment, but I've but I really want to have something. I actually have no idea what I'm going to do. It's yeah. More of a question mark. It's just little ideas that that I see people doing. Mm-hmm. That this year I was really going to dedicate myself to. All right, just put Teespring aside for a second <laughs> and get yeah. into this stuff and make this work. Because this is the, Teespring is the way I'm doing Teespring is not really much of a business. It's just a kind of hit big, collect the money and keep going.
0: Yeah, and then you, you gotta know? keep that. That same amount of effort up to um, keep your yeah. income the same instead of yeah,
1: yeah. Like, a, like I feel like a real business should be, you know, collecting emails, should be collecting a client base, remarketing to them, and growing a brand, etc.
0: Mm-hmm. That's
1: something I miss. That, that I feel like I'm not doing.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think that's yeah, definitely for everybody at at some point. I think they, you know, whether it's like Teespring or just running traffic from whatever traffic source to CPA offers, you know, eventually they go like, okay, I basically can't squeeze any more time out of the day and I'm kind of capped at, you know, how much time I'm spending doing this. And I mean, yeah, you can outsource and do different things, but I think eventually everybody wants something that's a little more, a little more stable, a little more Mm. where, you know, um, you know, instead of being the guy that's sitting behind the desk on the phone, they can be the guy that's out, you know, playing golf with the other CEOs while well. yeah, you know exactly. all the work's getting done. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well the problem with Teespring again is that you can have a whole month and then maybe have a really crappy month. You could earn maybe one or two K. Mm-hmm. Or you could have a great month and earn, you know, five figures. Yeah. Or sometimes even six figures. So the so the variance is so so big that it's just massively unstable. It is. Well for me anyway. So
0: Yeah, no I it is. I think for anybody just doing the kind of pure paid traffic model it is and that event some people i know some people that do it for years and you know they they like doing it but i would say over 90 percent of the people i know eventually they they're like i gotta do something else i can't you know Mm. i can't do this grind anymore Mm. Um, but uh, i mean not that that paid traffic or anything is a bad thing to do because like you said i mean you um are obviously really good at marketing on Facebook now, and there's so much you could do with that. So it's not like, you know, you're wasting time or anybody running PPV traffic or PPC traffic is wasting time. I mean, those skills are what's mm. going to let you build a real bus- real business later.
1: Yeah. I think um, running paid uh, paid advertising just keeps you on your toes. Mm-hmm. So that's a beautiful thing because you, you're forced to continuously perfect what you do, or get better and better at it. So, you, I mean, you're a very rare person if you're one of the best in that particular industry, or you earn a lot of money in, say, Facebook advertising, and you're an affiliate for it. Right. Like you have a very rare knowledge, I think. So, sure. I think if I was was to ever do any long-term assets, I would have a part of my time spent on paid advertising, because I don't want to lose touch in. You know, this that's really ad, that's what real advertising is. It, it might is, be. yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, I I agree.
1: Especially in the modern age.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's just so much to compete with, and you know, there's a lot of um, costs a lot of money to you know get yourself out in front of those eyeballs. But if you don't do it, somebody else is. So yeah, those mm. skills are very very important.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: So what are what are some mistakes that you see newbies making? Whether it's like. Teespring or whatever I was thinking more just like in general now that you have you know a couple years of experience behind you and like looking back people you see on the forum or like commenting on your blog what are some of the common mistakes or themes that you see them like making or not doing um, I think just
1: uh being too analytical mm-hmm. sometimes could not be good for you yeah. because you just read on things too much instead of uh, just giving it a go. Yeah, instead of taking action. Yeah. Yep. So I find some people that just read and read and read and read. <laughs> and literally, they'll not take action for a whole six months to a year. Like, yeah. they'll just be reading and be motivated from that reading. So I find, like, people don't understand that that whole action thing is way more important. Like, that's where the learning comes from. The, the reading and... And analyzing is, you know, ten percent of. It gives you a bit of a grounding to give you an idea of how to navigate yourself. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you, but once you're actually doing the work, the action-oriented work, then that's what that's where your learning should come from. So I find people just jump into things too late. They're too scared to just jump into things and just see what happens. Okay. Um, another one would probably be that they just don't stick to it long enough. That'd probably be the biggest one. Yeah. Because, um, when I started, I was probably making every mistake, probably more mistakes than anyone,
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, know?
1: but the the fact was, I just kept going, yeah, and kept going and going and going and going, and then you know, five, six months later, you're not making ninety five percent of the mistakes that you were on day one, mm-hmm. so um, eventually, I mean, you should kind of look at it, kind of forecast yourself ten years ahead and and say to yourself, "If you keep learning at this rate, then where are you going to be in ten years?" usually you're going to feel like you know you're going to be successful because you're learning so much in this period of one week or one month that you're doing it. Yeah, you're not earning any money, but you're learning. So in, you know, one or two years or three
0: years you you,
1: you feel like you're going to well I felt like I was definitely going to make it work.
0: Yeah. That helped me keep going. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, just looking at it as investing in your in your own education really. Definitely. Definitely.
1: It's I think, uh, like you pointed out before, the blogs, when people see big income, um, you know, big income reports and stuff like that, they want to achieve that straight away mm-hmm. or within a few months or within a year. So they feel like when they don't get the, those results or even an indication or a hint of those results, they feel like they're doing everything wrong yeah. and it's not worth continuing. So, but they don't know that those people have spent a lot of years getting there.
0: Right. Yeah, you just see yeah. the you just see the income reports. You don't see all the yeah, nights yeah. swearing at your computer and yeah, no. <laughs> getting mad and yeah, yeah. Well,
1: yeah. like ninety eight percent of the stuff that ninety eight percent of the stuff people that have blogs don't blog about because yeah, ninety eight percent of the stuff is probably the stuff that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. In mean, my in my case, probably like ninety nine point nine <laughs> percent of the stuff that I do does not work. You
0: know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Do you see um, more experienced marketers, uh, yourself included, making any mistakes, or is there anything, any areas that you're like, okay, yeah, I gotta like work on that, or or anything? Because I mean, everybody makes makes like mistakes, or
1: yeah, definitely. Especially for me, um, I, I keep surprising myself because as long as I, because I keep connected to different Teespring communities, right. Mm-hmm. So I'll always learn something better about uh, something that I should be doing that makes my business better. And I, and I always think, hey, that I've been doing this for a whole year. I should know you know, this stuff back to front, but that's not the case. I always find someone would share something and then, then I'd apply it to Teespring and it would take me to the next level. Hmm. So I still make mistakes, that's for sure. And um, I think as long as you you're open to just trying other things out to see, you know, you're open to split testing other things or other recommendations um, to your business. Then you'll just continuously keep improving no matter what level of an affiliate you are.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. easy to get complacent, I guess. And Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm. So you seem like a pretty productive guy to me. Um really? <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. You might not think that, but uh, I know people say that to me and I'm like, "What? I'm not productive?" But <laughs> no. uh, uh, what are what are some things that you personally do to like be more productive or try to be more effective um at work?
1: I think people would be surprised to know First of all, people would be pretty surprised to know that I'm—I <laughs> don't think I'm productive at all. <laughs> but I—I I do think when I do work, I actually do work. Like I'll—I'll I'll do not anything. Like work for me is not reading something, um, or you know, work for me is not even doing a blog post. That's all extra stuff for me. Work for me is just designing something and putting it out there in the real world to see how it performs. Okay. That's work for me. So, mm-hmm. I think. Productivity tips, um, I learned this from Tim Ferriss when I was reading his book, the popular one, The 4-Hour work Workweek. Um, he had a not-to-do list, mm-hmm. I think. I'm not sure if you read about that, but yeah. he had a list of things that he kind of banned himself from doing. So I, I do the same. So when I work at in the mornings, I'll set a specific time where I don't allow myself to go on YouTube. Okay. Or I don't allow myself to go on Facebook. And and only if I do and and if I do go on Facebook or I do go on YouTube between these specific times and I kind of punish myself um by not allowing myself to work the next day at all on my business. So if I'm losing money or making money, I don't know, because I'm not even going to check my stats or anything. So okay. for me that's really scary. That's a scary <laughs> thought. Okay. Because I'm refreshing my stats like every you know half an hour to make sure I'm doing things right. Yeah. So the not to do list actually helps a lot. I just um I I I choose things to stop myself from doing and then I punish myself from and I punish myself by not working. It's really yeah. weird. <laughs> it's a I weird could, mentality.
0: I can see that being effective though. I mean, that, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. So.
1: Well, for me, it's really effective. Yeah. Because I'm I'm quite. I like business. I like doing what I do, and I like seeing the progress every single day. And like I'm doing Teespring, so I really have to be watching everything. So for me, that's a, it's a scary thought. Like I said, not being able to do that the next day. So if I'm really adamant about that, <clears throat> uh, and I can keep that up for three days, that kind of a punishment reward system, mm-hmm. then it sticks, and then I'll continue that. That'll become a habit, and then I will mm. continue that. So now, like, I hardly go on Facebook or YouTube between certain certain hours.
0: So it's just kind um, of, uh, yeah, you've kind of taken the willpower idea out of it and it's just like a routine, yeah. like you said, so, yeah.
1: And also, I um, this is a really big one. Um, I started to tell myself that I'm only allowed to work on specific things between a set hour. Okay. So for my blog, I'll say, all right, you're only allowed to work on your blog between 8 o'clock a.m. and 10 a.m. Okay. You're not allowed to work on it any other time. So if I need to do anything for my blog, I kind of get it done between eight and ten a.m. I feel like if I give myself the whole day to do it, then I'll keep postponing everything, and then by the end of it, it'll, I'll you know I'll just stop working, and then nothing gets done. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like um, you split your day into certain parts of your business, um, and force yourself to work in certain windows. Yeah. And and don't allow yourself to work on that task in another window. So that way you you focus on one thing. And um you get the really important stuff done.
0: Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I like that, that. worked really well for me. Do you write out um a specific schedule each day or do you just kinda of block out time and say, This is what I can work on from this time to this time and
1: Um I I usually have a to do list yeah. of things, kinda of like Miser okay. as in the in the um in his follow along. Yeah. And uh, I always feel like I've got A pretty big to to do list. So the next, so when it comes to say doing things for my blog, I'll just pick out things from that list and I'll just start doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way. Then you don't have to think and about Mm. what you're gonna do next. And then the next thing you know, you're on Facebook or YouTube or yeah Yeah.
1: (laughs) they're really bad especially facebook these days it's
0: i know it's really
1: really entertaining and there's so many (laughs) all those videos like you just keep watching them (laughs) you do yeah (laughs) those articles oh man it's so bad
0: yeah 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 don't get started watching animal videos or cute animal videos or something that's like the (laughs) black hole yeah yeah
1: (laughs) and god forbid if you get you know if you go to youtube or you get directed to youtube and then then you're in a then you're really bad because then you're just gonna go through all the suggested videos and then you're gonna click on the you know the poster and you're gonna go through his videos and oh it's really bad.
0: Yeah, yeah. Especially
1: anime videos. Like I'll just get stuck on watching like Dragon Ball Z videos. <laughs> <laughs> I spend a whole hour doing that.
0: Yeah, I know <laughs> that one. That's yeah. And you're like, I'll do it right after I finish this video and then yeah,
1: exactly. That's <laughs> wow. nah, bad. That's why uh, yeah, that's why I ban myself. I'm not too good with it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you kind of, ha- you kind of have to, so you don't let it, yeah, get away from you. I know.
1: I have this weird parent kid relationship to myself. <laughs> <for> yeah, myself.
0: <laughs> that's not <laughs> a bad thing. I mean, everybody needs to be disciplined, ex- especially when you're working for yourself. You know, you have to have that self discipline, or or you'll just mm. yeah do what you want all day, whether it's sitting on the couch or goofing off, whatever.
1: Yeah. Oh, I've thought of another good idea. As uh, another productivity tip. Sure. I also tell myself that. Um, the last hour I can work at is 5pm or 6pm or I'll okay. choose a cut off time for the day so before it used to be like 12am because mm-hmm. I used to wake up pretty early I used to wake up at like 6 and then work, till to, work through to 12 mm-hmm. but say the average person works till 3 so tell yourself that after 3pm you can't touch your business at okay. all and what you find yourself doing is that you find yourself doing a lot of work before 3pm mm-hmm. and um, you find yourself doing a lot of productive stuff because you're like, "Oh crap," you know. I got to finish. It's it's like employment because when you're at work, you you know you only have a certain amount of time to to get tasks done. Yeah. And I think that's a big problem when you're at home working for yourself that you have the whole day and you don't know how to manage your time. So you find like you can do it. You you find yourself telling yourself that you're gonna do it now or later or at at night. But you know, in my case, it, it never happens if yeah. I if, if I do that. So. If I just cut off my work time at a certain time and I force myself not to do anything after that, then I find myself being really productive during the hours that I can work.
0: That's a, yeah, that's a really good tip. That's something I need to work on too cuz like you say I just kind of like if I if I don't if I'm not really good with my to-do list or structuring my day and I just kind of, it, it just kind of, the day just goes and then it'll be like 8 o'clock at mm-hmm. night and I'll realize that I've spent all day basically in front of the screen and I've got yeah. only a few things done and then I'm like burnt out on the computer and, mm. yeah. So. I think
1: it gives you false, um, a, a false feeling when you're just sitting behind the computer. It does. You feel yeah. like you're doing work, but but in some, in many cases you're not.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so. I agree.
0: Yeah, I used to. I used to think like when I would go on Facebook and read different groups and stuff. I used to consider that working. And then one day I I sat down and I was just kind of analyzing my business and I thought, okay, what actually have I gained from my business by doing this? And it was Mm. not worth. I mean, there was a few things here or there, you know, but it was not worth the time I was spending doing it. So that Mm. helped put it in perspective for me, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big
1: trap that a lot of people fall into. It is. Just, just just sitting there on hours, reading and reading and doing things. And they probably do about 20 minutes of real work.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: I remember I actually thought about it when I was at work and um, I realized that I'm only really productive for about three of these eight hours that I spend at work. Mm-hmm. So they're really technically paying me for just three hours worth of work. Yeah. So it kind of hit me then that not all the time spent in a work Environment is actual work.
0: That's. I just read some study on that. They, I forget what it was, but it was the amount of time that people actually work in like an eight-hour workday, and it was very little. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. I, 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 can assume so. Especially in office jobs. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like you got, you got about twenty coffee breaks and. I know. Your lunch breaks two hours, and you
0: leave early. Yeah. You rock up late, so. Yep, I know. Yeah. I know. Well, this has been really good. Um, there was a lot of good information here. Tell people where they can find you. Um, what's your blog address?
1: Oh, my blog is uh, so affengineer.com, So um, a double Um My blog about Teespring, but I've got a contact form on there. So if you have any questions, you can contact me through there, um, or if you're on the forum, Playbook forum, I'm pretty active there. Yeah. So yeah, one All of the right. two.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks for doing this. I definitely appreciate it. Uh, great advice and um, a lot of actionable stuff here. So uh, I appreciate it and thank you.
1: No worries. A Pleasure to be on the podcast. So yeah, yeah, definitely
0: pretty cool. Cool. Well, I'll catch you soon. No worries, David. Okay, bye. See ya. Thanks for listening to the AF Playbook podcast. If you want to learn more about online marketing, visit my blog at affplaybookcom forward slash blog. That's also the place to get show notes for this and other episodes of the AF Playbook podcast. If you're interested in joining the discussion on the AF Playbook forums, visit AFPlaybook.com to learn more. Thank you again for listening, and I'll catch you next time.